Hello, and welcome to the Holistic Money Podcast. I'm your host, certified financial planner and money mindset coach, Whitney Morrison. Over the past seven years, I've taken myself from credit card debt and no savings to a seven-figure net worth. I did this without a budget or a restrictive money plan, but instead, smart, sustainable, wealth-building strategies combined with changing my relationship with money. In this podcast, you'll learn the ins and outs of my no-budget philosophy, practical wealth-building strategies, and key mindset shifts to make it happen. There is no shortage of information out there to tell you what to do with money, but teaching you how to think and feel about money, that's my secret sauce. If you've been waiting for a podcast that gives you actionable strategies to not only build wealth, but also feel really good while you're doing it, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, my friend. I have a very special podcast episode for you today because I am turning the tables. I spend a lot of my time talking with other people about how they should manage their money and the plans that they should make for their money. But today, I'm going to be sharing my own money planning with you. I'm going to let you into the intimate details of my financial life, and I'm going to talk with you about what I am really focusing on financially in 2023. If you were to tell me seven years ago that I would be sitting here in front of a microphone telling the whole world about the intimate details of my financial life, I would probably want to run and hide and crawl under a rock because I had a lot, a lot of shame around my finances. Today, I have much less shame and judgment about myself as it relates to money, but I'm still human. I'm just noticing as I'm recording this, there is a small part of me that's a little bit nervous to share so openly and so intimately about my life. But one of the main reasons why I'm doing this episode is One, so you can really see how I think about planning and strategic leverage and money in general. But also I'm doing this because I believe as a society, we need to be talking about money. We need to be sharing our financial struggles. We need to be sharing our financial accomplishments. So many people feel like they have to live behind a curtain and they have to hide their finances from other people. And I think that's very harmful for us. That's very harmful because we don't get the help that we need when we need it. We don't get to celebrate the growth that we have when we have it simply because of this stigma that we have around money. All right. So before I go into my 2023 money plan, I first want to give you a little bit of context on the different phases I went through on my financial journey to get to where I am today. And the reason why I want to give you this context is because as you listen, your brain naturally is going to look for ways that you can leverage what you learn and start to implement it into your own life. But in order for you to really do that, I just want to make sure that you are thinking holistically and you're not skipping any of these critical phases first before you start to try to move into some of the strategies and some of the planning that I'm going to be sharing with you today from my own financial life. All right, so the first phase that I was in financially was the survival phase. So this was about seven years ago, and I was literally just trying to figure out how to earn more than I was spending. And there are two different reasons why people can end up in this survival phase. It can be, number one, from under-earning because you aren't making enough money to actually afford your life. Or it can be, number two, from consistently overspending and racking up a lot of credit card debt and creating a lifestyle that's much more expensive 
again than what your income actually affords you. So for me, I was making $18,000 a year working for a content creator. I had left my job at Wells Fargo and I was making $1,500 a month. I could barely make enough money to pay my rent and feed myself, much less put any money towards my credit cards or my student loan debt or my car. So in that part of my life, in the survival phase, I was just trying to figure out how to increase my income and how to decrease my lifestyle expenses so I could experience some kind of positive cash flow. And when I say positive cash flow, all I mean by that is that after I pay my bills, after I live my life, there is some money left over for me to either save, put towards debt payoff, or to invest. That's what I mean by positive cash flow. And I will tell anyone who's in the survival phase right now, the first thing that you want to do is just to figure out how to not live on credit cards every single month. And like I said, you can do that one of two ways. You can either increase your income or you can reduce your living expenses. When I was in the survival phase, I did a combination of both. I ended up moving out of my downtown apartment that I was paying $1,800 a month for to a room in a house that I shared with three other people, and I paid $500 a month. It was in South Austin, and I decided to start looking for another job so I could actually make enough money to actually get ahead financially. The next phase that I moved into was the foundations phase, and the way that I did that was I ended up getting a much higher paying job so that I could actually start to build the foundations of my finances. In the foundation phase, it's where you're starting to pay down that credit card debt so you don't have such a large percentage of your income going towards debt payments. And it is also where you start to build up your emergency fund. And you want to have an emergency fund just in case anything happens and you need extra cash to, let's say, repair your car or pay for a medical emergency or a vet bill or you get laid off from work and you don't have income for a couple of months. That is what you use your emergency fund for. And another really great benefit of an emergency fund is it also allows you to stop using your credit card for your life expenses as they arise. So the way I got through the foundations phase was I ended up leaving my job that was paying me $18,000 a year, and I ended up getting hired by a fintech startup called Wealthsymbol. They paid me about $100,000 a year, and there was also a bonus on top of that that I got. So within nine months, I paid off all of my credit card debt, and I saved $10,000 in an emergency fund. So I want to give myself a little bit of credit here because I really want to talk about what I did right. The moment I got that increase in my income, instead of increasing my lifestyle, which is such a tempting thing for all of us to do, I really just buckled down and instead I focused on paying off my credit card debt and starting to build my emergency fund. I did not increase my lifestyle expenses. I didn't get that new car. I didn't all of a sudden start to buy a lot of new clothes. I got very serious about my financial life because I knew that I was in the foundations phase and I wanted to get to that next phase which is the growth phase. The growth phase is exactly what it sounds like. It's where you start to use your money to actually grow it. And what I mean by growing your money is investing your money. So it's very important to make sure that you are past the survival and the foundations phase before you start to get heavily into investing your money. Because what can happen if you don't have a strong foundations phase and let's say you get laid off or you have a big emergency and you don't have enough money in your emergency fund, then what can happen is you have to start selling off your investments to pay for your life expenses. And when we get in that growth phase, we want to be able to really leave this money in your investment account so we can start to take advantage of compound interest 
that investments get when they're invested for a long period of time. So the first place that I started investing in the growth phase and where I suggest everyone else starts investing in the growth phase is your retirement accounts. And there are two main reasons why. Number one is because retirement accounts provide tax advantages. And number two is because your retirement accounts are long-term accounts. So that means that your money is going to have a long time to grow and compound in these accounts, which means later in life, it's going to grow much faster than it will when you initially put money in. So I did just that. I opened an IRA. I started maxing it out. I started putting $500 a month into my IRA, and I got in that habit of consistently putting money to my retirement accounts. And that's really what you do in that growth phase. Not only are you beginning to invest, but you're starting to establish consistency. And I will say this is a big challenge for a lot of people in the growth phase is to establish that consistency because it can be very easy to pull from your emergency fund frequently or not really stay within the plan of saving and investing consistently just because it can be very tempting to go on that trip or buy that new car or buy a little bit more expensive of a home than what you actually wanted to spend initially. But what you really have to see in this growth phase is you have to have your eye on the next phase. And the next phase is an accelerated wealth building phase. It's where you actually can start to create real freedom in your life today with money. So you actually don't have to go and trade your personal time for money anymore. You can find ways for your money to make you money in real time. But what happens is I don't think people actually think it's possible to get to the freedom phase. And the reason why I think a lot of people don't think it's possible is simply because they haven't seen a lot of people actually do it. And they think that it's going to take them a lot more money or a lot more time than it actually does to get to that freedom phase. So they just write it off unconsciously and they just stay in the growth phase because they don't really see an example of what's possible in the freedom phase. But in one of my podcasts, I shared how I met someone, Steph Douglas, and she was an example for me of somebody that made the freedom phase happen in her life. And I watched her do it with a very small amount of money. So I got ignited. I was like, yes, this freedom phase is possible for me. I want to give you a little bit of that spark too. The freedom phase is definitely possible for you. It just takes believing it's possible and remembering that more money, more opportunities for more money is not going to create more problems for you. A lot of people get stuck here because they start to think, oh, if I have that Airbnb or if I start to do this rental property, or if I start to take on more responsibility, then there's going to be a lot of problems and my life is going to suck. But I promise you, it is actually the other way around. Once you have more money coming in, you figure it out and you have so much more freedom and fun in your life as well. So hold on to the vision and the dream for yourself of that freedom phase, because once you get past the initial hump and you start to solve issues that you think are problems, but actually are just opportunities to be more resourceful, and outsource and grow and create new skills for yourself, you will be in a really cool, fun phase in your life. So the way I moved from my growth phase to my freedom phase was through real estate investing. I got started in real estate investing. After I had my emergency fund and I was consistently saving in my retirement account, I started saving up for a down payment. And I ended up meeting my partner, Craig, who also was saving for his first home. And we decided to go in and buy our first home together. The thing that we did in this first home that a lot of people don't do is instead of putting a lot of money into that home, we were very clear that this was going to be a future investment property. So what we did is we put as little down on this house as possible and we turned the primary bedroom in that home into an Airbnb. So that helped us 
save money for our next down payment for our next home. And we ended up living in that home for about a year and a half to two years before we bought our next home, which had a front house and a back house. We were very clear the next home that we wanted to buy, we wanted it to be a multifamily property so we could do the exact same thing in the first home that we did in the second home. And we did just that. We ended up buying our second home, which had a back house, rented out the back house. The back house helped us save for our third home, which is the home that we live in now. The house that we live in now has an Airbnb on it as well. So we always look for properties that we can leverage to rent out and make income off of. And what we've most recently done is we have taken a HELOC, a home equity line of credit against this home, so that we could invest in putting a yurt on this property. We decided to put a yurt on this property because we wanted to have a low-cost way for us to generate more income off of our property. So the total investment to put this yurt on our property is going to be somewhere around 150000 But I will tell you, that doesn't just include the yurt. We also added animals on our property and fencing and did a lot to our home. We painted everything. So there's a lot of upgrades that we've put into our house this year. But the intention of everything that we've done is to make this a wonderful place for people to come spend a weekend and rent out our yurt or rent out our Airbnb so that Craig and I can have income coming in outside of our jobs. And the ultimate goal for us that we are working towards is we would like to create enough passive income that Craig and I are not dependent on either of our jobs to pay any of our bills and we have complete freedom to do what we want, when we want, with who we want. And that is exactly what we're working towards. So that's a good segue into our plan specifically for this year. But I wanted to give you a look into the different phases that we've gone through and where we are right now and what our big vision is and what we're up to and why we're building this in the way that we are. Okay, so before I dive into our plan for this year, let's start with just an overview of our current financial situation. So as I mentioned before, we own three homes. They're valued at about 1.8 to 1.9 million. We owe about 1.3 million on these homes, but we pay the mortgage through these homes through the rental income that we make on the property. We actually do make about one to 2,000 a month on the properties. However, we tend to just invest that back into the business account just to make sure we have enough money in our rental accounts if we have any repairs or any vacancies or any expenses associated with the house that we don't want to pay for out of pocket. We have two cars. One of our cars is almost paid off. We owe about $2,500 on it. And the other is a new car. We owe about $40,000. Our total car payments are about $900 a month combined. We each have a 401k that we contribute about 10% of our gross salary to every year. We have no credit card debt. Right now, we have about $30,000 in cash. And after we've paid all of our additional lifestyle, travel expenses, we save right now about $2,700 a month. This is a pretty big decrease from what we were saving last year. Last year, we were saving around seven dollars to $8,000 a month. But this year, I am actually paying myself about half of what I paid myself last year. One reason is because I've started to invest in labor. But the other reason why I'm paying myself less is because I stopped selling high-ticket masterminds and I've transitioned my business to one signature program, which is the Holistic Money Course, which is my course where I teach people money management and lifestyle design. And I made the business decision to offer this course at a much lower price point than all of my other offers simply because I just wanted to help more people. And I didn't want the investment for the course to be a barrier for people to get access. So that means we save less, but we're still in a good position to achieve the goals that we want. 
The last part of our finances that I mentioned earlier in the podcast is our HELOC. So that is the line of credit that we took against our home to be able to fund our yurt and a lot of our home improvements that we've been working on over the past six months. Currently, we owe about $50,000 on the HELOC, but we still have to complete the yurt project and do some final touches around the property, which is probably going to be an additional $75,000. So our total HELOC loan, I expect it to be about one twenty-five dollars to one thirty-five. dollars by the end of 2022 or beginning of 2023. So that takes me to our 2023 money plan. And what I want to tell you when I'm looking at creating a money plan for myself is I always have one main focus that I'm putting my time and energy and resources behind. So whether it was saving for my first down payment or getting my emergency fund or paying off my credit card debt, I always made sure that I had that one Thing that I was really focused on financially. And this is what I suggest that you do for 2023 as well. I want you to really get clear on what you want to accomplish in the next one to two years. And my suggestion is not to take on too many things at once. Really allow yourself to identify which financial phase you are in and what you need to do in order to take the next step to get to the next phase and allow yourself to exclusively focus on that thing. Because when you try to take on too many financial goals at one time, you dilute your resources across too many goals and you don't actually get very far on any one goal and you never get out of the current phase that you're in. Remember, the goal is to move through to the next phase in your financial journey. So for us, what we are really focused on for 2023 is to pay off our HELOC as quickly as possible. And the way that we plan to do that is we plan to do that through the rental income that we make on our Airbnb and our yurt. Our Airbnb brings in somewhere between two to $3,000 every month. And we expect our yurt will bring somewhere between three to $4,000 a month. So conservatively, we expect to have about five to $6,000 a month that we will put towards paying off our HELOC. Now, given that our HELOC will be somewhere around 125 to 135, that's probably going to take us about 24 to 28 months to fully pay that off with interest. However, any income that we can generate on top of our rental incomes, we will also put towards that your payment. Craig also sells real estate. So any of the sales he makes on the proceeds from his real estate will go towards paying off our yurt. Any additional distributions that I can take towards my business will also go towards paying this year. So our goal is really to put all of our financial resources behind paying off this HELOC as quickly as possible. Because when we pay off that HELOC, we will have anywhere from five to $7,000 a month in additional income coming into our bank accounts, which gives us the green light, specifically Craig, the green light, to have much more freedom with his days and not be tied to a job anymore. After we hit that financial goal, we have dreams of buying a larger piece of property and potentially developing that. We have loved being in the hospitality and the rental space and have had so much fun creating our own units and making delightful rental experiences for people. So I know that's something that we have toyed around with for our future. 
The main thing, though, for us is we do have this bigger picture vision for our future, the direction that we're headed, but it's been boiled down to a very focused micro goal that we're putting all our time and energy and resources behind right now. And that's the main thing that I really want you to take away from this episode is, number one, I want you to really look at the financial phase that you're in. And number two, I really want you to identify the next step that you should take in order to get to that next financial phase. And I want you to allow yourself to really focus and go all in on hitting that financial goal so you can have less stress, more freedom, and more ease with your money in the future. Future you will definitely thank you. All right, everyone, let's make 2023 our best financial year yet. I will see you in the next episode. Have you ever built a budget, but within weeks felt exhausted by the spreadsheets, the upkeep, or the restrictive spending categories? If so, you are not alone. Budgeting has never worked for me, so I created a new way, money mapping. Money mapping has all of the things you need to be successful in your wealth building journey. It's simple, organized, and automated, but most importantly, it offers a completely new way to relate to money and manage it in your life. If you're ready to kick off your no budget strategy for building wealth, sign up for my free money map training at www.holistic-money.com forward slash money map. Here's to building wealth with ease.